I'm Laura. And I'm Sasha. Welcome to our podcast. Portals is a show about the strange experience of being human. We're interested in looking at the ways our particular mammal brains see and interact with the world around us. In Portals, we explore the ways we weave loss into life. We'll be talking together and with guests about four main themes, portals, feelings, loss, and trust. We're glad you're here. Welcome. We'd love to have you come look out at the world with us. I wanted to follow up with you about feelings, given that we talked recently about fear and how that shows up for us. We looked at kind of an embodiment of fear and introduced each other to our fear. I wanted to talk today about what could be considered the other side of this kind of dual presence, and that being security or safety. You mentioned, what if we boiled it down in the essence, we have kind of this fear and this safety. And in so doing, I thought it's so much easier sometimes to talk about fear than it is to talk about the essence of security, the essence of safety, as not just an absence of fear and anxiety, but a thing in and of itself. Mm -hmm. So as a thought experiment, because for me, myself, I'm almost like, I'm like, do I believe this? I don't know if this is really super true for me, mm. but I really enjoy the thought exercise mm. of picturing it, considering it, kind of diving in and looking deeply. And I think it just is useful sometimes to hear people work through these thought experiments and reflect on their own. So I thought today we could do that by looking at and introducing each other to our security or safety, however you want to imagine her or it. With that in mind, do you have any questions or thoughts before we get started? No, I don't think so. I, I feel happy about this exercise. Good. Yeah. I do too. I will say it felt after re-listening to fear, our episode of fear, it just felt like, oh yeah, we should circle back and complete this little sequence. But it was hard to see her. (laughs) You know, she just almost seems to exist for me in the absence of. So it's a little trickier for me. And I don't know how it has been for you to imagine what is security. Mm-hmm. When I asked you to do this, did you immediately, was it an easy process or maybe not as? No, I could do it. I was able to, okay. I don't yeah. think that I had. You saw her. Uh-huh. Okay, her. good. That's great. <laughs> and well, but when you were just, yeah. just talking, because you're right, like that was sort of the premise that, or one of the things that I was interested in talking about when we did that fear episode was just mm-hmm. this notion that like, what if many, many emotions are primarily composed of scared and secure? And then, you know, like making like my little fear being, I actually have loved having her since we did that episode. Mm. Like, I'm like, oh, like, oh, my yeah. little, do you know, like, it's interesting how naming her and giving her like little outfits that she can wear <laughs> has, you know, like, I feel like she's like a paper doll and now she has little like dresses with little tabs on the top that I'm like, tick, tick, and she's like, Ooh, like she walks around with her little straight little arms. <laughs> I've liked it. And I didn't think to do it with security on my own, like right off the bat until you said it. And I hadn't thought about them playing together. Like, even though that was the thing I started with the idea of like, what if mm-hmm. all, 
Like, but now, just as you're talking, I'm like, oh, because maybe they play together all the time in some space mm-hmm. that I'm not aware of. And that's mm-hmm. interesting, too, to think about. Interesting. It is. And, you know, for me, my fear showed up as almost, you know, I think I like a monster, like a scary kind of a menacing figure within me, right? Mm-hmm. And we've been really cat focused around my house lately because we're getting another kitten actually tomorrow. <laughs> so it's kind of exciting, but we're talking a lot about cat personalities and we have right now two cats and one of them is very like jumpy. You know, he's like always like, he's like every noise he checks out. Like he just is edgy, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but he's also on it. Like he's aware, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. something's going on. He Mm -hmm. is aware. He's also very attuned. Then my other cat is just happy (laughs) and laying around and kind of blissfully ignorant. Like he, and it almost feels, I was, as I was preparing for this, I was, and you were talking about, you know, them playing, it made me think of my cats. Cause I'm like, they kind of need each other. Mm-hmm. And we adopted them as adult bonded pair. And at first I was like, they're such a funny little pair, but my one cat who's just kind of chill and will just lay around. I'm like, he just soaks up the sunshine. He's like, I don't care about that noise. Like, I'm going to lay here. I'm going to eat so much. I might throw it up in a minute. You know, like, he's just very, like, in the moment and, like, feeling good. And my other cat is on it and, like, just freaking out and running around all the time. So it made me think, like, they kind of, like, mm. I don't know that any either of them would do as well yeah. just on their own. Like, they right. do well together. Right. Like, and cheese would be devoured by vultures, by, like, Oh, oh, and the wild, he wouldn't last. Oh, yeah. yeah. My cat, Dakiti, when we but talked, uh, for a little while, right. we watched one of those survival shows during yeah. the pandemic. And my family was joking that if we had one survival tool we could bring, we'd bring Dakiti. <laughs> because he is, he'll kill things. Yeah. He'll listen for noise mm-hmm. and he will alert you to problems. Mm-hmm. Like he is, but he could like he's run aware of the weather. Out. Yeah, he's like the weather's changing. We need to seek shelter. Like he's just on it, and cheese would just be like, "This feels good." Mm-hmm. Like you know, and then you would both be eaten, and then that would be it. So, yeah. but without cheese, so let's focus now on like my cat cheese uh-huh. and my sense of security. Yeah. Like just to feel safe enough to do that. Yeah, to be like. I'm not going to be eaten. Mm-hmm. I can just feel this now and not be in that at all. Yeah. Just be present with the, it feels good. And it's uncomfortable. And I think for some of us, very uncomfortable to let our quote unquote de kitty to mm-hmm. tune that cat down. Who's like, I'm on alert. I'm watching and mm-hmm. listening. I'm aware. I'm freaking out a little bit all mm-hmm. the time. How to manage that and give cheese, uh-huh. <laughs> my hedonistic cat, you know, room to like be because yeah. really we all have that. Yeah. So, okay. So, right. what's our, so deep dive into my cats. Yeah, I like it <laughs> so, very much. Yeah. So I would love if you wouldn't mind starting, mm-hmm. I would love you to for you to introduce me to your security, your safety. Okay. If it's a physical embodiment, if it's the way you feel, if it's a certain memory, mm-hmm. whatever comes to you that you would like to share. Okay. And we'll do that for about 
five minutes or so, and then we'll trade and then we can ask questions and see where it takes us. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Great. I knew some things about her right away when you proposed this activity. And the things that I knew about her right away were that she was like, the color she was was blonde and that she was, you know, she's like, so when I close my eyes and I think about her, she's like this. Okay. I'll say all the things she is. She's sort of the color blonde, but she's also kind of like a, an orb of diffuse light, like kind mm. of like hazy light. She's also sort of a kitchen that was made in the 1970s, but that's being experienced in the 1980s, like a slightly decrepit kitchen from the 1970s, like with maybe like a, what was the name of the plastic that kitchen tables are made out of? Like a formica table that is like, maybe it has like a metal rim, but it's a little bit Mm -hmm. chipped and there's like curtains and the curtains are like mint green and orange and brown kind of plaid and it's just like everything is just a little bit beaten up and all the colors are just a little tiny bit softer than they were when they first came in you know and I think if she was a room in the house she would be the kitchen you know she's like doing stuff the feeling of her is functional and productive and sort of abundant in a practical way, you know, like there's good stuff in the cabinets and if there's not, we'll get stuff and we'll bring it in. And like, I would have thought that her surfaces would be really soft and squishy and like you could just like, you know, collapse into them, but actually they're not. They're more like, I don't know, supportive and tried and true. You know, they're like, she's a kitchen. She's like the kitchen She's like a kitchen from 1980 that was made in 1976. I love the the date (laughs) relevance here. (laughs) You know, that it's very specifically 70s and 80s, which I can appreciate having lived through that as well. Uh, Okay, carry on. That's where you go to hang out with her. You like go there and she's busy. She's doing stuff, but she'll pay attention to you. She's like, I think my security creature like loves me and is looking out for me, but she's busy. She's got other stuff Mm -hmm. going on. Like my fear is all about me. When she shows up in the room, she has me in mind. You know, I am like her focus. She's focused on other things. Like she's reacting to other things, but I'm the thing that she's reacting with or in. My security is like, loves me and is glad that I'm there. But she's got her hands full. Like she's organizing many shows. She's like, oh yes, yes. Here's here's some markers. You color. Like you color. I'm making a cake. Tell me what you did today at school. I think that now that I'm thinking about it, she's like, right. She's a combination of all of the women that felt safe to me when I was like all of the women that felt safe to me when I was little. I think maybe is yeah, that that's too predictable. Oh no, no I've gone over my time. Oh, no, you're fine. And also, do you have more to say about (laughs) this amalgamation of women who who were kind to you? Who offered me markers and security and kind of sandwich in 1982. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I also think another interesting thing about the way it feels to me, the way the two creatures feel is I do feel like both of them are always with me. But I feel like fear, like as I was saying, fear seems very flat. Like she's with me all the time, but she's flat and she lays on surfaces. You know, like I think I described in the episode how it felt to me like she was a little bit like a shadow and that she was like, I will contour along the edges, you know, and security is radiant and she like fills the whole space. 
And she's easy to like. I mean, she's so much easier to like, obviously, (laughs) (laughs) you know, than Mm -hmm. fear. Yeah, that's her. There she is. And I think that there's something really poignant and beautiful, though, about what you said and how you said, is that too predictable? I said, you know, sometimes the truth is predictable. And sometimes what's really honest and raw and real is exactly what you might imagine. And that's beautiful and important too. I love that. I love her. And I love the description of flat versus embodied and radiant. I can almost feel that. Yeah. Uh Okay. Why don't I share and then we can let them talk. We can talk. We can talk as how they relate to our fears. We'll see where we want to take it. For me, my security is... It's the thing you take for granted. It's the thing that's always there, kind of like the container, the vessel. All the stuff is happening, all this chaos, but there's this constant hum, and that's the security and the safety. It's always with you, and it takes different shapes in different moments. And sometimes it feels, you know, I've been doubling down on my meditation practice lately. And it sometimes feels like the how you can't see or experience your mind beyond your thoughts unless you really work at it. Mm. And then it's you're there. You're like, oh, there's a whole other layer to Mm. me. There's like more. I feel like that's where she is. Mm. You know, she's there, always quiet and not demanding. And because she's not demanding, you can take her for granted. And you can also sometimes not feel her gifts. Her gifts are there and I'm experiencing them and I'm benefiting from them. But sometimes I'm so busy fighting my fear, you know, Mm -hmm. in this almost, in this very, like, that's why I liked your dimensional Mm. language because it's almost like this one-dimensional way. I'm kind of articulating and fighting kind of this particular issue, not realizing there's so much more depth mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's so much more here. Mm-hmm. In terms of embodiment, I don't have any particular picture. And I just love the Formica countertops that you had and the very specific 70s and 80s like aesthetic that you brought forward. <laughs> For me, it's... <laughs> If it's anything, it's nature. It's Mm. the woods. And this also feels kind of predictable, but it's honestly, it's what it is. You know, it feels like this has been here. It will be here. It's roots go deep. It doesn't need anything from me. Mm. You know, it's not demanding anything of me. Mm. And yet I can be there with it. And that's kind of how it feels for me. Mm. So I think you know, as you were talking, I was reflecting on how this is showing up f- for me. This whole idea of what that fear was focused on you and your security is doing lots of things. Mm-hmm. You know, your security is just like busy and present, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> and made me think of that, you know, something we've talked about in other episodes too, this idea of non-grasping where we get attached to outcome or having things go a particular way and how that can be the source of suffering and anxiety and kind of letting go of that can lead us to a certain peace. And I think it's very as we're saying that, I'm like, well, yeah. So of course my fear has like its tentacles 
like it's like wrapped up in me. It has definite mm-hmm. ideas of how things should go and definite worries about how things will go if you don't listen mm-hmm. <laughs> right now to me, kind of like my cat. You know, it's like things are bad. There's a mouse. You have no idea, you know, but there's not having being like the woods, like it could rain, it could storm, the trees might fall over. Mm-hmm. They will actually. And it's okay. There's something to that attachment. Mm-hmm. That I think is fascinating. That mm-hmm. one will let won't let you go. Yeah, and it's the one that you'd really like to find other things to do, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> like if we could fight, let yes, hello, fear. Yes, here's some things for you to do. You yeah. draw in the corner. I'm gonna do, but instead they're just like looking at you, like ah. I think I mean it's interesting because like when you're talking about cheese and da kitty, because mm-hmm. the thing about cheese and da kitty is that they live mm-hmm. in your house. Right. So like the kitty's not wrong. Like those instincts would have served him really well if he were a wild creature. Oh yeah. And I think that there is a real complication that happens for both fear, or at least for me, for both my fear and my security that comes out of the fact that I'm living in this society. Do you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like the things that my fear could be really like like there's not going to be there's it's so unlikely that a cougar is going to show up in this room while we're talking. <laughs> exactly. You know, like it's very yes. unlikely. Pretty even, slim. Very unlikely. And even things that are dangerous, you know, like sickness, like disease, you know, my fear is good for that too cuz it's like, well, I'll sniff stuff and if it smells weird, I'll be afraid and I'll look mm-hmm. look for symptoms in you and if you have weird symptoms, I'll be afraid and like from an evolutionary perspective, that's really useful for it to be looking and looking and looking. And mm-hmm. it is so unusual now for it to actually be able to use those cues to make my life better. It is rare that my fear, that kind of fear is able to help me not to die. And the truth is, I think that in some ways is kind of too bad for it because how do I fall through to security? Like part of me kind of thinks that if you could... If your fear could attack a thing, like if a cougar did walk into the room and my fear was like, (gasps) cougar, you know, and then we fought and somehow I escaped and then the cougar was gone, then I could fall through into the, do you know, like then I would have accomplished that. But fear never in this modern world, it's so unusual for fear to get to engage, go through the cycle, have the cycle complete itself and then be after the cycle. There's yeah. just this kind of like, there's danger somewhere, but I don't know where it's, you know, it's like. I think that's such an important point that you just made. It's almost like we're in this kind of purgatory where we're not quite feeling mm-hmm. <laughs> most of us. Now, some of us, absolutely, the floor drops out and you actually, you're mm-hmm. you're there. You're there with the cougar, so mm-hmm. to speak. And I'm not saying that that's great and I'm jealous of those people at all. Mm -hmm. But I do think there's something when you look at how we've evolved to have things be more comfortable, easier, less dangerous, Mm -hmm. less life-threatening. What goes along with that is we're like, okay, well, what do we look out for? Like, what am I looking out for? That part of us that's developed still is doing that, just doesn't know what to do. It's like pacing. Like, what do I look out for? I'm going to look out for that or this. And this, I think, gets into some other stuff where we start othering groups. Mm -hmm. We start resource hoarding. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. We start looking. 
looking for problems yeah. where really that's creating the problem in and of itself. Yeah. Meanwhile, we can demonize this instinct, but really it's it's an animal instinct mm-hmm. to just be safe, yep. to be like, I can sleep and not be eaten, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think that that it, to me is the essence of security. Like mm-hmm. I can sleep and not be like, eaten. I, and I think, mm-hmm. right. And we used to have really clear cues that let us know that we were safe also. And they were yeah. physical cues. I also think there's a thing about the embodiment of fear and safety that has changed so dramatically in modern times. Like I used to be able to wake up and smell the air and know if I was safe because I would smell you and I knew your smell and I knew you were Mm. safe and I would smell like the ground and I would know it had rained and that would make me know it was safe. Or I would smell not you, the absence of you. And I would feel scared because something had happened. You were supposed to be there, you know, Mm -hmm. and like the sounds that we used to live in, like we have grown so tolerant of terrifying sounds, you know, like a car engine or like a leaf blower, that sound should be very scary, but it isn't anymore. Or even just the television, like people screaming on the television don't indicate danger to us, can't indicate danger to us at this juncture even though that always used to indicate danger. And like this, the cues that would let us know we were safe, like, oh, I hear these birds. I hear the bees. And that means that there mm-hmm. is are bees. So things are going to be pollinated. Like so many of our physical cues for security and danger are missing. And it's not that new ones haven't arisen, but I think mm-hmm. that they're more subtle, they're more complicated, and they're cues mm-hmm. for dangers that are more subtle and more complicated also. I mean, and I'm not saying it as like mm-hmm. a, and so, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> and please us. stop wearing deodorant, Sasha. <laughs> I am made uncomfortable uh, by like, can you please every morning send me a shirt you slept in, just all sweaty <laughs> and stinky so I can be like, no, I'm okay. Because so, that's yeah, the other thing is like, you're my community, but you're in Chicago. Like, there's no yeah. way for my body to know that you're with me when I wake up in the morning. (laughs) So how does my fear appease herself? How does my fear appease herself? How does my comfort get exert herself? It makes me think how so much of our world during a pandemic was relegated to this virtual platform. And I think this is alongside our world that's focusing more and more in our brains. Like it's all about our attention. It's about us thinking and less about being in presence of people, hands-on doing, Mm -hmm. and we lose something. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we even fully appreciate what we're losing until it's gone. We lose Um, something and we adapt. You know, we lose a thing, but we adapt. And we are adapting. And we can still survive, but it's problematic. And when I think about my fear creature, like the moment when that was made, those moments in those kitchens were physically very tangibly safe, right? Like there was the sound Mm -hmm. of some woman that I trusted talking to me, but also to others. So I knew that like if she was carrying on multiple conversations, then there were multiple people who are safe, that I was a part of a more layered community. She was doing Mm -hmm. some kind of work that was going to lead to my nourishment that probably smelled like nourishment and sounded like nourishment. She was probably also actively feeding me. So I was like, my body was like, yes, it's going to be good. You know, like it's, I think, telling that the sort of creature that my brain has made is made out of a time when my physical cues for safety were physical, you know, it, yeah. and I think that that is yeah. 
I would like to that have that telling. more, you know, like I don't I think it's a bad idea to look for that. Which leads me to, you know, my enthusiasm for having a physical grief house yeah. where people can be in person, hands-on mm-hmm. and near each other. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. For me, I will say my security, unlike my fear, almost doesn't have a lot to say, except that she's here. Mm. And she says, she doesn't demand anything of me. She's not saying, you need to do this, you need to do that, quite the opposite. It's almost like this constant hum of a deep sense of, I am okay. Mm. You are okay. Whereas my fear is like, you are not okay. And then you pay attention and that fear will point to the many ways you're not okay or things will not be okay. Mm. And the being okay, I am okay. It just means you can just be mm-hmm. and like sleep and not be eaten. Mm. I'm just going to keep going back to that. Cause to me, I think that's where it's at. And I love sleeping. So, <laughs> and I would hate to think I'm going to be eaten. I mean, how you'd sleep badly. So <laughs> you'd sleep badly. Yeah, you said badly. Wait, I know that we're winding down, but I have to yeah. say, I have another thing I want to say. Is it true? So like my security creature is so clearly like, you know, like a spot in my life, but it mm. feels to me like your security creature is like my security creature is like a lady in a kitchen from 1982. And your security <laughs> creature is, I don't know, yours feels like Buddhist and hummy and like eternal and less human like or less Mm. like meaty Mm -hmm. mine feels so meaty i like that yours feels like is it true though does it feel like yours is sort of like like it feels like yours is like a humming like if a desert could be nourishing like a humming Mm -hmm. vastness is that right Mm -hmm. yeah well i think it's like trying to see something that's there all around you and This has been interesting for me as a person who's gone through some trauma is for a while, I have just been like, this bad thing will happen. That bad thing will happen. I am not okay. I will not be okay until I do this, that, and the other thing and wear myself out. And just, it's like I'm appeasing my fear to try to get to a sense of security. Mm. And meanwhile, security is everywhere. It's like the air around me, but I can't see it because all I do is look through it to see the problem. But meanwhile, right here with me, it's okay. Does that make sense? It does. And I I can't see it so well because it is kind of the negative space, but Mm -hmm. it's more than that. And it's not demanding. Mm -hmm. And that's what I really latched onto that you said that felt that really resonated is fear And distraction will come at you and try to pull you all Mm -hmm. kinds of ways. And like you say, it's not like it's, it was intended to do that. Yeah, (laughs) It's like important that it does that, but security doesn't necessarily like, look at me, everything's great. Like, Ooh, everything's really great. Keep looking at me. (laughs) Like it just doesn't work that way. I mean, it'd be really awesome if I was like, Oh, I just can't stop thinking about how awesome everything is. You know, and I how just comfortable feel so I am secure. I just like, I feel like, wait, so sorry. Good. What did you say? I was just feeling very secure. I was just, I heard a noise <laughs> and it made me feel so safe. I couldn't pay attention to you. <laughs> right? 
just can you repeat yourself? I'm sorry. I just caught sight of something. The overwhelming sense of security yeah. was just uh, yeah, was distracting. Well, and I, I, it would be nice. Let's aim for that. I wonder if it's a difference. Like I have made my security out of people that I've been with that made me feel secure because I have had a lot of experience with people making me feel secure, right? I have. And you've had mm-hmm. less experience as a child with people mm-hmm. making you feel secure. And I think it's so interesting that you're, I don't think that our security creatures are necessarily deeply different, but mine is embodied where yours is just her essence. And I don't think that one is is better than the other, but I think that yours is better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this, but I think it. You know, I think... So did you ever watch The Matrix? Yes. I don't remember. Okay, I, I mean, remember probably a long little. time ago. Yeah, it was a long time. Okay, so I'm not even going to... I mean, every... This is so old. I'm, there's a scene with the Oracle. Mm. Mm, right. I remember the Oracle. And they're brought to the Oracle. Neo's brought there. And he's like, why am I talking to this, this old lady who's baking cookies? Mm. Right. And she's got that kitchen. Right. Oh she's my God. got that kitchen. She totally has the kitchen and she's got cookies. And he's like, how is this? But I think it's, she's obviously more than that. Mm-hmm. She's just showing up to you in this way. Right. That's my thinking. I think I don't have a fixed point or fixed person or feeling because you're right. I didn't really have a continuous safety mm-hmm. feel. I think the fact that you can anchor in that sensory moment is lovely. And I just want like you to have like this painting or immersive experience in a nice 70s kitchen. Like how cool would that be? I don't have such a thing, but I think she's there. She's just taking the shape mm-hmm. of something you can relate to. Mm-hmm. Like even if you couldn't get into a right. 70s kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You can I can get feel it her. her. Does that make sense? No, it does make sense. That's my take. Totally but that's my sense. take on your security. So who the hell am what do I know? You know? <laughs> no, that so. feels right. That it's the same, but mine congealed into form and I can like access it through that yeah. form. And yours is like has never congealed. So you just have the big open yeah. open set. Maybe in the grief house, physical mm-hmm. grief house, I can make a security creature kitchen and I can have like Right from my tables, and one of the activities be could so be great. like sit in the kitchen, and maybe I'll be there. I could be the lady. I'll like wear a house coat and You'll bake something and chat with other people. I'll be on like a big there phone that I hold to my ear like this while I'm doing other things with a cord, and I'll be like, "There mm-hmm. you go, love. There you go. Good job. <laughs> That's very pretty. Hold on a second. I'm talking to Ruthie. That's what I'll be like." <laughs> I think this could be really That's fun. A, let's work. Let's I work will that tell in. you on the note of like what we form in our childhood. I was with my daughter this morning, who's eleven, and I said, and I asked her if I could share this, and she said, as long as you share the whole story. And I was like, okay, so I'm going to share this. We can decide okay. if it fits. I said, what do you think of security? She's like, what, like security guards? And I was like, okay, no. So then I was like, like a sense of security, like when you feel secure. And she's like, why are you asking this? So so she she went and I was like, well, I've been thinking about it and I'm going to be talking about it. And I was curious what you would say. And she said, well, and I'm paraphrasing. She's like, when I'm like seen and heard and I feel safe to like I can be myself and like I feel like I can be seen and heard as myself and 
there won't be any retribution or threat. And, you know, paraphrasing. But I don't know that I would have phrased it that way when I was a kid. And I think it's interesting, but I think she hit on something too that we're both talking about, about being able to exist fully and you're not being threatened in that kitchen Mm -hmm. and I'm not being threatened or, so in my case, a lot of, I don't know if you've heard me talk about, a lot of mine is like, I talk about demands on me Mm -hmm. because I (laughs) I think part of my, (laughs) so part of my baggage that's showing Mm -hmm. is that I feel more secure when I have boundaries and when Mm -hmm. demands aren't at me and my security demands nothing. Mm -hmm. She's just there. Mm silent Mm -hmm. (laughs) and just like be with me let's be let's do this and i think i just so like i have a deep narrow need for be no demands and then i can choose into things and i will but like it's not the same yeah 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 well this was really fun Mm -hmm. and this just yeah. Feels like play and I love it. And I love to hear other people's mm. takes on their security mm-hmm. or their fear. As we go yeah. along here, it's interesting to hear from people and how this might resonate with them and what they might want to offer yeah. to us. I like the idea yeah. of populating a whole world like full of people's oh, yeah. yeah, security creatures and fear creatures, all just like like some kind of weird amusement park or like <laughs> Or like ball pit at like a mall, like everybody's like security and fear creatures are just like going down the slide and then crashing into the balls. Yes. I like the idea of yours with her her little paper dress. I know. She's like, like, my tabs, my tabs. I know. My tabs came off. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Laura. Thank you, Sasha. It's so good. Thank you to Will Lewis for editing and to Parsa Shanpur for his original scoring. If you would like to learn more about the work we do at the Portland Grief House, you can check us out at griefhouse.org and find and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. If you have a comment, question, or potential guest you'd like us to consider for a future episode, please reach out to us by email at info at griefhouse.org. Thanks so much for being here. See you next time.